up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Daddy. I am your host, Alexandra Cooper, and I am here today to answer the question that everyone has been asking on the internet. Who the fuck is Anna Delvey? She has family money. She's a European socialite. She's a trust fund. It's just tied up. She'll be good for it. She'll wire you the money. What is that accent? Oh my God. She's really high up in the art world, I heard. I heard that she's a German heiress. Her real name is Anna Sorokin, but she changed her name to Anna Delvey when she arrived in New York City and she pretended to be someone that she was not. She inserted herself into the world of art and fashion and finance in the greatest city in the world, New York. Anna Delvey quite literally walked into banks and convinced these rich dick investors that her idea, an art club for New York society, was worth investing millions and millions of dollars into. Now you're probably thinking, why would they invest if this girl has no money? Because she forged bank documents and falsely claimed that she had $60 million in a trust, which she absolutely did not. Anna lived in fancy New York City hotels and she racked up over $30,000 in unpaid room charges. She promised she was going to pay them back, but she couldn't. She was well-known, mysterious, convincing. Her life was a dream come true until it wasn't. Anna Sorokin was arrested on October 3rd, 2017 and rejected a plea deal and she stood trial. Anna was convicted of eight guilty charges, including grand larceny in the second degree, attempted grand larceny, and theft of service. Anna was sentenced to four to 12 years in prison, fined $24,000, and ordered to pay almost $200,000 in restitution. She went to prison for her crimes. At the time of our interview, on Monday, March 7th, so about a week ago, Anna was detained in upstate New York at the Orange County Correctional Facility. This was the first interview that I conducted with someone physically in prison. And I want to prepare you for what you're going to see and hear. Due to COVID restrictions, I was unable to visit the prison. So I interviewed Anna over a video chat app specifically designed for inmates. The app only allows 15 minutes per call. So throughout the episode, you're going to hear us pause mid-interview because our 15 minutes were up and I'd have to wait for her to call me back. Also, at times, you may hear other conversations happening in the background. Anna was in the common room with her inmates and we had no control over the noise level and who was coming into the room at the time. So also, you're about to hear Anna talk about the fear of being deported. She does not want to go back to Germany. She wants to stay in the United States. But earlier this week, it was announced that Anna Sorokin was released from jail and ordered to return to Germany. But apparently, she also may not be getting deported or she's not on that plane because it's currently unclear where Anna Sorokin is. Everyone thought she was getting on a plane to go back to Germany and all the news outlets are saying she didn't. So where the fuck is Anna Delphi? Am I shocked that she didn't get on the plane and she got her way out of it? No, not really. Nothing with Anna shocks me anymore. Daddy gang, this is Anna Sorokin. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice, anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Curology. If you have particular skincare challenges, it can be really frustrating to 
waste time and money on products that just are absolutely not formulated for you. That is why I'm so excited to recommend Curology. I have personally struggled with acne my whole life. And I'll look at someone on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram and be like, should I buy those products? No, I do not have the same skin as them. So I should not be treating it the same. Curology's personalized prescriptions are formulated to treat your individual skin needs from acne to the earliest signs of aging. All you have to do is go online take a quick quiz, and you will be connected to a licensed dermatology provider that will create a custom formula based on your skincare needs. If you're ready to start your skincare journey and start seeing results, here is a special offer just for you. Visit Curology.com slash call her daddy for a special offer. That's Curology, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash call her daddy. Offer applies only to your first box, subject to consultation, new subscribers only, subscription required. This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. Daddy gang, nobody likes Mondays. Am I right? (laughs) We're all sobbing. We're all sobbing and we're barely getting out of bed on a Monday. But Monday Hair Care is here to flip the script with its award-winning formulas. No more bad hair days. Daddy gang, Monday Hair Care is turning Mondays into a reason to celebrate good hair, which I love, thank God, with seven new products like a leave-in conditioner, dry shampoo, a curl line, and body wash. And daddy gang, every single thing is under $10. Yes. And smell is to die for. Okay. I want my hair smelling like something that Matt wants to be engulfed in. I want him to come out to me and go, oh my God, you smell amazing. Oh my God, what is that in your hair? So Daddy Gang, reclaim the week with Monday at all leading retailers. Visit mondayhaircare.com to find a stockist near you. Hi. <laughs> Anna, it's so nice to meet you finally. So nice to meet you too. <laughs> to clarify, should I refer to you as Anna Delvey, not Anna Sorokin? Uh, sure, yeah. Are you ever going to legally change it? I mean, I should if they, like, ever let me out of jail for longer than six weeks. <laughs> You're like, the first thing I'm doing is going shopping. The second thing I'm doing is changing my fucking name. The first thing I'm going to do is laser my eyes because I'm so sick and tired of all this glasses for some reason. People think it's, like, an accessory, but, like, I'm half blind. I can't see anything. <laughs> what is your daily routine like right now in jail? Um, well, there's none because here, like in jail, you just kind of do whatever you want. So, um, I kind of wake up, like they bring mail super early. Um, and I get all kinds of mail now. It's just so crazy. Um, I have like people wanting to adopt me. I don't like get any haters. I guess they just go like to my IG or to Twitter. (laughs) Have you gotten any love letters? Definitely more marriage proposals than I ever did before my, um, (laughs) criminal career started (laughs) you should be like let me see your w2 and then we'll have a conversation i have a jail assistant so i'll have her do that (laughs) you have a jail assistant can you explain what does a jail assistant do (laughs) we have tablets where i'm like video chatting you from but the tablets die like all the time so i'll go for like maybe two or three but there are some people who don't use theirs like i'm buying tablets off of other people and like their phone minutes because the phone is like so tricky so I'm just doing all kinds of things you're working the system (laughs) as you know best I know yeah it's just like (laughs) so did you have a hustle because I remember when I interviewed Amanda Knox she was saying basically like your skills become your currency almost like did you have a hustle at all at Rikers no not at all it's like if you have money you don't really have to do anything it's just like (laughs) I mean and Rikers like you cannot do your laundry like you have to like hand wash it so you just pay somebody to do it we so you were paying people off in jail to just like do your stuff yeah absolutely (laughs) they actually um think I'm like super rich so (laughs) where were you getting the money to pay them well they don't care about that (laughs) and you were getting money from your bank account yeah in Rikers you kind of became popular among the inmates what do you think they liked about you Anna oh that's a good question for them I don't know (laughs) do you think you're a likable character Mm, 
I don't know. <laughs> it's not something I want to like say about myself. <laughs> I hope I am. Well, I try not to be insufferable. I don't know. <laughs> You told New York Magazine reporter Jessica Pressler of all the people that you met in prison, you found the murderers the most interesting. What do you remember about the conversations that you had with them? I guess the most kind of revelatory thing about it is like they're just normal and they're just like you and me. So many crimes that just like happen like in a moment just like that and like then your life is just like never the same as opposed to mine which was kind of like a build-up and it was like years in the making so and that's like difference i imagine i would have been so much more upset if i like got mad and just whatever shot my boyfriend and then i would just have all my life would be taken away i have to call you back it's like three seconds <laughs> okay i'm hoping we can fucking hear her um okay wait what do i do press use my balance to pay okay do not disturb okay we're back okay this is what you were asking what i need an assistant for holy shit (laughs) okay let's go back to your childhood as a little girl what did you want to be when you grew up i always wanted to be in fashion Definitely. I did not know what exactly, but um, I don't know. I like grew up watching MTV and I thought like fashion PR is just the coolest thing. Um, I remember like watching Kelly Catrone, so stuff like that. I don't know. I didn't really know. But I just like I loved print and I loved magazines. So I either wanted to be like on one side or the other. And you were born in Russia. Do you still have family and friends there? Are they being affected by the war right now? No. Well, your parents and your family packed up and moved to Germany when you were 15. Why did your family have to move and did you want to go? Well, my dad uh, owned like a business, like a trucking business. They were like um, having like drivers go back and forth transporting like goods across Europe. And he was partners with like some German person and that's... uh, how he relocated. Did your mom have a job? No, my mom um, had like the second child, my little brother at the time. So he was pretty young. So she was like busy with him. Did you and your parents get along growing up? Um, on and off. I was like never best friends with my parents. And they kind of like let me do my thing, I'd say. What would you guys fight about, if anything? Well, I just hated to be told what to do or like I hated on them to like put any restrictions like about any rules. I was just like allergic to authority or like to rules, especially when I thought they were unreasonable. And like I just hated to explain myself because I was just so used to being given freedom, freedom. And then like when that was when they attempted to take it away or impose some kind of like restrictions on me, I did not really react. Um, Like what would they try to take away if you were getting in trouble? Like my car, or um, I could not like go and spend the night at my friend's house, um, or just yeah, like I could not go out, or they would just like try to financially restrict me, especially my mom, and I hated that. I never wanted to be like controlled with money. Did you ever then consider at a young age like getting a job, since like you wanted to have financial independence? Um. Yeah, yes and no. Like, none of my friends really had a job. That was not a thing. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no, I actually had a job. So um, my dad was renting out. um, We had, like, this huge whatever, some kind of, like, industrial building. And this, like, solar company was renting it from them. So they employed me. And they, like, totally overpaid me. I got, like, a paid vacation after, like, just working for them. (laughs) for six weeks because they were like American and I didn't know like German laws and they literally gave me like paid Christmas vacation I got like 1500 just for doing nothing but I was extremely overpaid I was making like 30 euros an hour or something like that (laughs) do you think you were more like obsessed with money than the average kid um I don't I just wanted to have the freedom that comes with it what did you want to do I wouldn't say I just want to like to do what I wanted. I don't know. Just like go, um, I don't know, travel and go places and do things without having 
Uh, like, because if you ask your parents for money, like, you need their permission, right? But if you have your own, you just go and do whatever you want. So I guess, like, money just always kind of um, represented freedom for me, not just, like, for the sake um, for the sake of the money. So were you closer, if you had to say, with your mom or your dad? I'd say I would stay with my dad because I would have more freedom and less oversight. And whoever would give me more money, too, definitely. <laughs> Where do you think your aversion to authority started? I'd say, I guess it's pretty strongly worded aversion to authority. I just, I don't know. I guess because my parents, like, I was really good in school when I was younger. So they just trusted my judgment and then just let me do whatever I wanted to. But then when I kind of started getting older, when I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to, like, spend two months studying this geography book because I'm really not that interested. So <laughs> when I kind of, like, <laughs> started to catch on to that and I started to, like, oh, maybe we need to, like, get her to do something. I guess it just, like, stepped in too late. I don't, I don't want to, like, blame stuff on my parents, but it's, like, if you kind of grow up, like, I guess when you're, like, 16, 17 is not really the age to start imposing roles on somebody if you, like, fail to do so. <laughs> do you think you also got worse as a teenager to your parents once you moved to Germany and you started to, like, rebel a little bit more? Um, I definitely. I think that's, like, the same for everybody. You know, like, when you realize your parents are not all that, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People around the world are imitating your accent, and it is one of the most popular sounds on TikTok right now. Did you know that? Oh, really? No, I did not. <laughs> so what do you think? Do I sound uh, the way like they portrayed me? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people are talking about it, how like the show Inventing Anna on Netflix is dramatizing your accent. Yeah. What has been the wildest thing that you've heard about your accent? Um, like when I, when I heard Julia talking like me, the first time I'm like, oh my gosh, do I sound this insufferable? Like, <laughs> it's just so weird, like hearing um, yourself. It's like the same when you just hear your voice being recorded. It's like totally different from the way you uh, hear yourself when you speak. I don't know. At this point, I'm just so used to it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and to everyone that thought it was fake. I mean, people just say so many things about me. I just don't care. It's just the way I speak. I don't know. <laughs> I never put on any accents. It's just the way I talk. Did anybody ever hear me speak any different? Then they should, like, come up with the evidence, whoever accused me of that. I want to see the proof, so then let's talk. <laughs> oh, no, 60 seconds left. Okay, when I close this out, I'm going to close the app, and then, yeah. we'll, and then you'll just call me back. Okay, I'm going to hang up, and um, I will okay. call you, like, in two minutes. Okay, bye. Okay, we're back. Hey. That was easier than the first time. We kind of got it figured out now. No. Okay. So. Mine's from 1994. Always someone in there. It's okay. Oh, uh, yeah, someone's on the phone. <laughs> Is it too loud? Um, yeah, we can wait like a second. It's okay. Um, so it's just because I cannot like make her go away. No, you're fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's talk about your move to New York. Why did you move to New York? Um, well, I kind of ended up having more friends in New York than I did like in Paris or in Europe or like anywhere else. And um, I know I traveled quite a lot. I never just like moved, moved. What did you love about New York? Um, I just love the energy of the city and I just love like you can get anything done um, at any time. It's like very different from Europe because in Europe like everything's closed on Sundays and everything's closed like after 5 or 6 p.m. You cannot like pay anybody enough to like get anything for you. And it's just different. Like I grew up in Europe so I guess it was exciting for me. It's always about getting something with you, Anna. Um <laughs> So you get to New York and you start going to all of these popular events and clubs. How did you introduce yourself to people? Um, I don't really remember. I guess Anna Delphi. <laughs> so you would just say your name is Anna Delphi. What would you say? Where were you from and what was your job? Um, well, I was from Germany, which was true. And um, 
I didn't realize no one ever asked me about my job. I feel like that's so interesting because I lived in New York and I feel like all anyone cares about is asking, what do you do for a living? And why did you change your name to Anna Delvey? Uh, for no reason, really. I don't know. I really like came up with it randomly. There's like no good story behind it. I know like people always try to <laughs> discover something and that's just not there. I don't even know. It just kind of doesn't really mean anything. And it was just random. You don't view Anna Delvey and Anna Sorokin as two different like personalities? Absolutely not. No, I like it. There's absolutely no difference. Because like in jail, the they always call me like by my government name, which is Sorokin. It's like literally doesn't feel like anything to me. There's just nothing, nothing in there. You don't have like a personal attachment to your birth last name. Absolutely not. I don't think I have attachment like to any countries, any names. It's just like not my thing. I don't know. This is not the way like I see myself or define myself. <laughs> Do you ever wonder why? I don't know. It's hard to explain. I was just always like this. If you could try, like, like, how would you try to explain that to someone that doesn't understand, like, not identifying with anything? I don't know. I think it's, like, pretty small-minded when you, like, oh, if you see somebody, oh, this person is from Germany or whatever, this person is from Russia, like, let me, and, like, I like them more than I like somebody who is, I don't know, from Japan. I don't know. I think I was just always kept um, trying to keep, like, an open mind. Or maybe because I moved around so much. I don't feel like I'm from anywhere. I feel like I kind of belong nowhere. <laughs> that sounds kind of lonely, Anna. Are you ever lonely? But, it's, but not like in a bad way. Wouldn't it be sad when you just like spend your whole life in one place? I don't think it's about spending your life in one place. I think it's about feeling like you belong to something and not feeling like you're wandering alone in this life. It can be pretty lonely. But um, I guess if I choose people... Um, like I choose people, the ones I choose to relate to, they don't have to be my neighbors or like, I don't have to grow up with them for me to, uh, want to be friends with them. How would you have described your friend group when you were living in New York? Um, I think it's like, what was mostly fashion and art people. There's like always somebody like people in New York, they always travel. Somebody's like always gone for like a couple of months and they come back. So it's like, like, New York is pretty anonymous. That's why it's just so bizarre to me. It's, like, how these people, like, just assume they know so much about me. It's, like, I didn't know anything about you either. Like, neither do I care. <laughs> like, nobody asks you. It's, like, who are your parents and what do they do and how much money they make. It's just outrageous. So I was going through your Instagram. And back in 2013 and 2014, you were posting mostly, like, art and beautiful views. And you would rarely post yourself. Your face was usually covered. What was your strategy behind that? <laughs> I love that you like assume there's a strategy behind it. <laughs> um, there was none. I don't know. I was just kind of like posting what I saw. And um, that was like the beginning of Instagram, right? Right. Um, and I guess I was just trying to, I was like still hanging out around a lot of like art people. So I was just like posting a lot of art. I say strategy only because I think every single person on Instagram can admit like we are all trying to make people feel a certain way about us. Did you feel pressure to keep up with the rich people in New York City? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess like who isn't? I would always wanted to like get more stuff or like go there, either that restaurant. So I guess, yeah, it's fair to say that it was. Do you think you would have had the level of social success that you had in New York without social media? I never really saw my social media as like a big part of anything, to be honest. Um, people just assumed I was trying to impress anybody with whatever 40, 50, 60 million. Like it's borderline poor in New York. There are just so many rich people on there. Like you can't impress anybody. <laughs> It's not even like you had that. So it's like Instagram was kind of like the path. If someone's going to look you up from a vibe they got, it definitely reiterated like, oh, I feel like this girl looks kind of wealthy, like art and exhibits and plain. So it like it, it does help the persona a little bit. I 
yes, yeah. But there was just like always, I don't know, thousands of people who did. So I never saw myself, oh, am I like the only person who posts something like that? There's just like always somebody with more followers, somebody better. So it's like I never saw myself, oh my gosh, I'm kind of killing like at this. So. So you went to jail for crimes committed while you were trying to launch the Anna Delvey Foundation. If you could have selected three people to be at the opening of your foundation, who would you have selected? Oh, my gosh. This is such a hard question. Um, Three people. Alive or dead? Alive, right? Yeah. I mean, Anna Wintour, that's for fashion. And then somebody in tech, like Steve Jobs. If we take somebody who's dead. <laughs> Do you care at all about like influencers like the Kardashians or no? Um, I mean, that's too many of the Kardashians. So it wouldn't fit the, the free people. <laughs> but would you invite them all? I mean, sure. I don't want to discriminate. So, <laughs> okay. 27 seconds left. I'm going to let's hop back off and then get back on. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, I started, I think, push her a little bit more yeah. when I was like, well, you didn't have that money. So when she said I have no, what was that? What she said? She was like, I have, I feel no connection to anything. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Let me record. <laughs> okay. Let's get to the bottom of the rumor that you were a German heiress. Did you ever at any point in your life? tell someone that you were going to be inheriting money? No. Okay. Did you ever tell people that you were a German heiress? No. Like, no one introduces yourself like that. Like, what kind of sentence is that? But it's completely ridiculous. Where do you think that narrative started? Well, I think um, people are kind of, like, put together the story after the DA's office released the, um, the original press release. From when I got arraigned, like in October 2017, I guess I like that would be my assumption, but I don't know. It's hard for me like to track this because I was just in jail that whole time. Right. But even but, prior to you having anything to do with the law, like how did people think that you were supporting this very expensive life in New York? Well, I would like, I cannot like testify to what people are assuming about me. I don't know. <laughs> so when you're picking up tabs, like no one's. No one ever asked you, like, where do you get all this money from? I mean, I never was doing, like, anything so super crazy. I feel like there's just people who are, like, spending, who were spending way more money than I did. I feel like going to a hotel and spending $63,000, like, that's kind of a lot, Anna. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was not, like, a daily basis. That was just, like, a one-time thing. But even living in a hotel, that's, that's... In New York City, that's a lot of fucking money. I actually don't feel that way because I know so many people who live in a hotel and it's actually cheaper than like renting an apartment where you have to commit for like a whole year and you can't travel. Did you choose to live in a hotel because in New York City, like you have to show your finances if you're going to get a lease and like that would have been hard? Well, I just didn't want to like commit for a year because I knew I was not going to be in one place for one year. Like even, even because of my visa, because I had to leave all the time and I just didn't want to like, yeah, being just stuck in one place. So you think that everyone around you just assumed this girl's really rich. We don't know where she has this money and you never explained where you got all the money from. I mean, I never asked anybody where they get their money from. So, like, I never wondered about how anybody's paying for their bills. So I just assumed people would be, like, approaching the same way. I really don't care. Yeah, no, your (laughs) New York experience is very different than mine. So no one ever asked you point blank about how you had any money. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I guess, like, maybe you'll, like, you'll have, like, you have a different friend circle. Oh. I can't imagine. And it's like, or like the people, I remember people like being pretty secretive. I don't know. It's just nobody's business. I know people who like still, I don't know, their husband is paying, um, they like whatever, this spousal support. And like some of the things you just don't want to be vocal about. And, um, but see, even you just knew they were getting their payment from their partner. Like you kind of still know it's shocking that no one was ever like, where the fuck are you getting this shit, Anna? Well, 
nobody was asking me that to my face. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by eBay. You know real when you get it, right, Daddy Gang? It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guaranteed, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. So ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. How do you think, though, this whole narrative that you did have all this money, like, how do you think that benefited your life? Um, I guess it's just easier, like, to ask somebody, I don't know, for 20 million. <laughs> so it was easier for you to walk into a room and ask for more money because people assumed you had a lot of money. I guess, yeah. Other than changing your name, what about your life when you were living in New York did you lie about? Did you lie about, like, your family's background or wealth or how much money you had? Um, I guess I did. I mean, I cannot, like, tell an exact instance, but I'm sure. But all of that, I never, like, told any senseless lies. Unless it were, like, a bank, so. <laughs> so the purpose of you lying, though, was to get something that would benefit you. Definitely, yeah. So it's like if I were just to meet, I don't know, like some girl in a social situation, like I really don't care what someone thought. First of all, it's none of their business. Um, second of all, there's nothing you can do for me. <laughs> you just like walked through these fucking doors into some of the world's largest financial establishments, asked for money, and they gave it to you. When you would walk into these rooms with these men, Anna, like what was your vibe? Like were you super outspoken and loud and confident or were you kind of coy about it and you kind of let like the accent and the mystery speak for itself I don't even know I think I'm like the same I am right now with you I don't know there's just like no other mode I'm not like a performer like so you are you're very confusing (laughs) really like you just just yeah There's just nothing else behind this. I don't know. (laughs) Nothing else behind it, Anna. Absolutely nothing is behind this. Yeah. But like, okay, so let's pretend we're in the room with you. So you're saying you would kind of just do this. Like your vibe is just chill and you're just pitching them your vision. Take it or leave it. Um, yeah. And I would, I would always kind of show up underdressed because I felt like if I were to like show up, um, like I don't know in heels or like I don't know with some kind of like I don't know like uh, with a tight dress um I gave him like this I don't give a fuck vibe which was like pretty much accurate because if it wouldn't be them it would be somebody else because in the end they are like all disposable there's just so many financial institutions in New York so so you purposely would dress not as nice because you thought it would insinuate what Like, I didn't really care much to impress them, and they should be the ones trying to impress me. (laughs) I'm I'm calling you right back. Okay, okay. Okay, now we're fucking getting into it. Oh, shit. Do not disturb. (laughs) We're back. Yes. Okay, so we were just talking about your, you would dress really raggedy. You are so confident, but we're all human. Have you ever felt insecurities? Uh, I feel insecurities like all the time. (laughs) What are some of your insecurities? 
I don't know everything. I'm like, I feel like I'm more paranoid than I ever was. And just about like things going bad. I'm just everything. So try to explain that. I don't know. It's just like, now I feel like I'm at the the mercy of like public opinion. And um, I'm trying to like stay away from seeing myself the way other people see me but it's just really hard and I feel like my case is just like being thrown into my face every day there's no way that you know like for some people they commit a crime and they go to jail and like they are out and that's it they have like a way to move on and to forget about it and not having to deal with it other than like having a felony on your record like it will never be like that for me just never ever in my life like it will always follow me in one in some way so um I mean, getting back to your question about insecurities, it's just everything. And it's just like, I'm so scared to like kind of fuck up again and for everybody to say, oh, she was a fraud all along and we knew that. And like, why would anybody give her a chance? So that's always there. Um, yeah, just things like that. You're choosing to do interviews. Is there an angle you're trying to take so that people can get to know you more? I mean, why not? But I'm also writing a book and I'm working on my own podcast. Who is your dream podcast guest? Um, who is my dream podcast guest? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Cyrus Vance, I'd love to speak to him. The prosecutor, he'd never go for it. But <laughs> <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> I was like, you know, like to my prosecutors, I would love to speak to them. It's just like, I don't know. Don't you want to like find out why, why a person who like hates you? I don't know. I wouldn't say like the word hates you, but like who has so much negative stuff um, on you or like whose job it was to like kind of um, get you, like imprison you, like right. just what they really think of you. It's like, you know, the same way like you um, engage with your haters on like social media. Right. It's like, can you tell me why you hate me? Like, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little different because I think they probably just wanted to like correctly punish you from the crimes you committed. It's America. There are laws, you know. So one of your iconic trademarks was tipping $100 bills everywhere to everyone. As someone attempting to start a business, why did you so freely give away your money? So, like, if I live in a hotel and, like, there's somebody who always helps me with something, like, it's totally okay for me to, like, tip them a couple hundred um, yeah. every now and then. I did not just, like, throw $100 bills at, like, random people. And I don't know. I just, like, I had so many people in service, like, who were just so nice to me. And, like, they literally make all the difference. So, Do you think that you'll continue doing that once you are free? I feel like now I have to. <laughs> Anna, you got to protect your money, girl. (laughs) Everyone's going to keep trying to wait on you anytime they see you at a restaurant. She's keeping the tradition alive. I feel like I can't disappoint. You should worry about your bank account. Okay, so have you ever admitted to committing any crimes? No, I went on trial, so I never pled guilty. Sorry, so loud okay let me call you back all right okay 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 bye it's gonna be like 15 minutes or something it's okay it's okay don't worry okay sure your phone what kind of phone do you have oh my gosh okay dude that's so bad i had to it was too it's so loud i think the issue is that she's having this awakening that like it was at least some insight the fact that she said i don't want to come out and people be like oh she like she's her ego is now like, oh, I don't want people to think like, oh, it was a flop. Like she's not. And it's like. Okay. Is it, hey. is it quiet now? Yes. Well, um, everybody's gone. So. Okay. So what was going through your head that first night that you spent in jail? Um, God, I don't even know. It was kind of terrifying. I like I blocked it off. It was just awful. And there were like so many people there. There were like a lot of people for DUIs, a lot of like, um, sex workers. It was, um, interesting. Mm -hmm. If you had been granted bail, where would you have gotten the money? I would have found a way. 
<laughs> if you weren't yourself and you knew about Anna Delvey, would you loan Anna Delvey money? Um, I would. <laughs> Definitely. Because, like, I felt like I would definitely go out of my way to pay somebody back. But did you ever pay Rachel back? Um, well, she got paid back from Amex, and I'm not allowed to reach out to her. I put it out there. If she feels like I owe her any money, she knows ways to reach me. So, What was it like to face Rachel for the first time in court? It was great. It was very exciting. <laughs> she did not look my way a single time. Um, apart from like when they have to identify you is like if I'm the person that was the only time she looked my way which was I guess telling if uh, you feel so defrauded and if you're so righteous like wouldn't you want to like look your abuser quote unquote or whatever the people are called did you just stare at her the whole time absolutely yes Do you ever feel any guilt that Rachel was left with that $63,000 tab before Amex obviously refunded her? I mean, I was always saying that it was a really unfortunate situation. And it's like, I never said, like, I'm so awesome and I did nothing wrong. It was just like a really unfortunate situation. And I did let her pay it. And I knew there was a chance I could not repay her. But like, for me at that point was... Like, I was going to go through with my project and everything was going to work out. So for me to say, to tell Rachel, it's like, oh, hey, maybe there is a chance that I'm not going to pay you back. It would be the same for me as to admit, like, my project is not going to work out. It would be equal admitting, like, failure on a bigger scale. You know, it was, like, very psychological for me, you know? Like, I never invited her on this vacation thinking, oh, maybe Rachel's going to pick up the tab. If you could say anything to Rachel right now, what do you, what would you say? Um, gosh, I don't know. Well, (laughs) I hope she makes the best out of the moment. I don't know. I really don't like, I don't even, I try like not to think of her. How do you feel about her new book? I don't feel any kind of way because I'll never read it. I've heard it's pretty bad. So I haven't read it, so I can't. I can't attest to that either. Um, what is your current relationship with your parents? Uh, I talk to them a couple times a week. What do you guys um, talk about? Just like I kind of give them an update what's going on with me. Um, I'd say like they're letting me do my thing. They just basically said or like it's not you're not it's not because of us that you're there and like you chose to like live in New York and do all these things. Um, but they are supportive. It's like they send me things or like whenever I need anything, they like whatever, like send me money or um, like books and magazines. So they're supportive in that way. Time is <laughs> up. Okay, okay, wait, you can call me right back. Okay. I'll be right here. Um, well, I'm about to hit her with a, oh, well, your dad said this about you. Okay, this is the only other thing. You keep saying like, I was gonna pay it all back. like unfortunately Anna like that's not the way the world works and you keep you keep saying that so um oh okay let me just record okay so I was just asking oh about your parents and your relationship do you have a good relationship with your brother um yeah I guess he's like way younger He's, like, 18 now, so I never really had, like, much in common with him because of our, like, huge age difference. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Has everything that's been happening with you at all, like, affect his social life or anything? Um, a little bit, yeah. I guess he, like, kind of care a bit less. Like, he's, like, a bit older now. Mm-hmm. But um, I know, like, teachers know that I'm his sister, definitely. They used to, like, ask him if that's – if he's my brother, so. How does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if that's negative or positive. So it's hard to say. I mean. (laughs) What do you think would be positive? The teachers would think positively. Like, what would that look like? Um, I mean, it's hard to spin, like, crimes in a positive way. I mean, as long as it's just not negative, I don't know. Do you think there's any way it wouldn't be negative? I have 
haven't spoken to him recently, to be honest. Okay. So, I don't know. Your father was quoted in a newspaper saying, naturally, we're very worried about her. She has such a selfish character. We can't do anything about it. We gave her a normal upbringing. Is it true that your parents gave you a normal upbringing? I mean, if they think so. (laughs) Do you think so? I mean, I wasn't crazy. I would say, yeah. Do you think you have a selfish character like your dad explained? Mm, I guess if he says so. I don't know. (laughs) I try not to be selfish. But my like, it's just kind of the thing that my parents always say. Like, I'm so, whatever I try to do is like selfish. So, how do you feel hearing that insult from your dad, where he's like telling that to like a public magazine? Um, it doesn't feel any kind of way because he just would tell that to me in my face every other day. So, <laughs> it's not surprising. Does it but feel my hurtful? Dad is kind of like, no, my dad is like very sarcastic, and I guess. He just doesn't know how to, like, um, he doesn't speak to media, like, on a daily basis, so. So he was being sarcastic. Um, I hope he was, yeah. (laughs) Did you ever ask him, like, not to speak to the media? No. They're actually reluctant to speak to the media. There's just so many people who, like, want to interview them, and they refuse if anything, like, I have whatever, my own show with Yodim, like, I'll have to convince them to speak to them. So I don't see them going out of their way speaking to the media. Yeah, they so should come funny. on Call Her Daddy. We can have a whole family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Um, I'll ask. Okay, so if you do get deported back to Germany, how do you envision your life? Uh, well, hopefully that won't happen. Um I mean, I can go anywhere else in the world. It's not like I have to stay in Germany. I would be able to go, like, anywhere I want, but back to the States. Are you lonely now? Um, I mean, definitely, in a way, I am. Um, I, like, I try to keep myself busy, but it's just, like, not the same as, like, being around friends or just, like, being around people I choose to be around because I'm stuck in here. So, Yeah. I'm very introverted, I think. So it's like, if anything, it's by choice. Okay. If, like, I ever felt lonely, yeah. Who knows the real Anna best? Um, I guess I have different people who, like, know different bits and pieces. There were just, like, nobody really around me who would have, like, the whole picture. Um, it's hard to say. <laughs> So you have no close, like, friends that really know you? I do, yeah. But it's, like, my friendships, um, so it's, like, I have friends who I'm, like, they are there, like, during my free time, but they don't really know what's going on. Like, with the projects I'm working with, you know, they just, like, don't really know the full picture. So I guess it would be fair to say nobody, like, really knows everything about me. I think there's a Wi-Fi issue. We're frozen. Um, maybe let's just cancel out. Hello? Hi. Hi. Okay, so we were talking about your friend groups, and you kind of mentioned, like, you feel like no one really knows the real Anna. And do you think that you, like, purposefully maybe would, like, compartmentalize your life a little bit so that no one can really know the real you? I guess it just, like, ended up being like that, but it was never on purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, a lot of people do that. It's just, like, you kind of have family, and then, I don't know, you have, like, people who just don't know about all the areas of your life. So for me to say somebody just knows everything about me would be to assume it's, like, somebody who just spends the whole day with me or who, like, also works with me and lives with me. And I feel like very few people can say that. I mean, like, parents, my parents know me in, like, one way, but they have not been around the, the past year, so they cannot really say, like, what I'm doing in New York or, like, my friends. Like, everybody just has different parts of information, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself a con artist? Absolutely not. To people that are saying you are, what do you think is the difference between you and a con artist? Well, I never, like, intended permanently 
to permanently harm anybody. You know, I literally cannot come up like with a single example where I'm like, yeah, let me fuck this person over and they'll never see like their money ever again. So, so you think like in the grand scheme of things, it was all with good intention what you were doing. Yes, I just like didn't choose the best means to go about it. Who has hurt you in your life? Mm, I don't know. I don't like. We're having Wi Fi issues. I know. It just like this is what it starts doing. It's after, okay. Like, couple Okay. okay. So to finish the question, I was asking you just like, who has hurt you in your life? I don't know. Never complain, never explain. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a saying you live by? I have to, yes. <laughs> Are you worried people aren't going to think you're smart because you got caught? Um... Somebody thinks that way, I don't care because my goal was never to get away or like not to get caught. So, okay. Um, some like I even like hear people in jail saying, Oh, I have like you are not that good of a criminal because you didn't get caught. It's like I never tried to be that way, so it doesn't hurt me in any way. So, it doesn't, like, it doesn't hurt your part. ego, absolutely not because that was never my goal. I was never like hiding from the police and then like was surprised I got arrested so it was none of that so I thought like I'll just go back to New York and I'll just like resolve it with my lawyer I just did not like think they would be so violent about it like I just didn't know like they were so they were like after me were you embarrassed at all um Sure, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's not pleasant getting arrested. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I'm assuming you haven't watched Inventing Anna. Uh, no, so I watched like Beats and Pieces, mm -hmm. but I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay, so the show is all about Anna Delvey. And in every single episode, the title card that reads, it's every episode, it says, this whole story is completely true, except for all the parts that are totally made up. And so everyone watching it, we don't know what is real and what is made up. And so I wanted to get clarification from the woman herself. Here is an example. In episode eight, they show you intentionally setting yourself up to overdose. But right before you do, you call room service so they will come up before you die. And they then show you at Cedar sinai in the hospital on a 24-hour psych evaluation. Did this actually happen? No. Absolutely not. No. What, what kind of drugs was I supposed to be overdosing? I'm not sure. So you never attempted suicide? No. So you're currently waiting to find out if you will be deported. Do you have any indication of how long you have to wait until they make the decision? Uh, well, I do. I just fired my lawyers and I got somebody new. So um, hopefully they will get me out of jail. So. Why did you fire your lawyers? Because they weren't adequate. <laughs> so they just weren't getting you an answer. So do you have any timeline? Like, is it going to be more like years, months? Like, do you have any idea? Oh, uh, well, no, it's definitely not going to be years, but I'm sure it's going to be a couple more weeks. Mm -hmm. So. Um, what do you think the chances are of you staying in America? I don't even want to like say anything. Just we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. Are you interested in dating? Uh, sure. When I'm out of jail. <laughs> um, on February 20th, 2021, you tweeted willing to marry Kanye West for a U.S. green card. Would you date Kanye now that your friend Julia Fox has been there and done that? Um, oh, that's a tricky question. Now, that was a joke, that tweet. I don't know. He doesn't seem to be getting the best reviews, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that made me crack up. I will give you that. <laughs> um, okay, years from now, Anna, what would you like to be remembered for? 
Well, definitely not for my crimes, hopefully. Um, well, I'm just trying to, like, to turn my story around, and hopefully I'll be able to, like, create something good out of all the attention I'm getting. Okay, you can't say you don't know to this question. Why do you think people are so captivated by Anna Delvey? Gosh, I really don't know because I'm just like being myself and it was never like something that I created and I'm like, oh, this is how I did it. And I knew this is, it just was really a surprise to me that people would be like so interested in the way I went about the things because it just made so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. It just like comes really natural. So this is what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what's out there is like a caricature. So it's not like I'm trying not to see myself like as this person who is being like portrayed out there. Like, it's not like I see it, whatever is being written in the media. It's like, yeah, that's me because I felt mm-hmm. like I'm more complex. So, right. Um, right. So in the interview, you kept mentioning that you had a plan. You were going to pay everyone back, but you also obviously you went to these banks under false pretense for whatever reason and they thought you had this money like do you now see where the intention of paying people back like that's just not how the world works um i mean i do (laughs) i definitely do yes i do see how like what i did wrong but it's also so many people are just doing worse things. <laughs> One of my last questions. Have you ever heard the phrase what aboutism? Do you want me to give you the no. definition? Okay. It is the technique or practice of responding to an accusation or difficult question by making a counter accusation or raising a different issue. Would you say what aboutism is your best friend? is that an accusation (laughs) and i've never interviewed someone that said i don't know more than you and and then flipped it back on me have you had media training no no it's all me (laughs) oh my god okay well i truly oh wait let me make sure this is recording oh my god i can't thank you enough for coming on call her daddy i know are you there I swear to fucking God, if that last one didn't fucking record, please fucking call back. Dude, that's so fucking annoying. Dude, watch that just be the end. Okay, guys. Well, I'm currently waiting for her to call back. I'm unsure if Anna's going to call back because I think that last question may have pushed her over the edge. But she's calling. Hi, Anna. Hello. This is a prepaid debit call from... Anna. An inmate at the Orange County Jail. To accept this call, press zero. To refuse this call, hang up or press one. This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using Global Telling. Hi, Anna. It's not letting me call back anyone, and I can't call because the is off at 10. I'm super sorry. No, uh, don't worry. I just wanted to say thank you so much, and I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me on. What's pleasure speaking to you, Alex. So nice meeting you virtually. Wish I could have been in person, but maybe we'll meet in person one day. Well, you can get arrested. You can come here. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Anna. Talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Um. <laughs> Daddy gang, that is it for this week's fucking episode. I don't know if I feel smarter or swindled. I don't know. But what I can say is I will see you fuckers next Wednesday. Goodbye. Holy shit.
This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want zero dollar delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.